0: Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Growing Knowledge Podcast. I'm your host, Parker Cruz. And on this episode, we have the opportunity to talk to Mr. Clayton Willis. And if you guys are wondering why this episode might sound a little different, we're trying out a phone interview this time. Um, so Clayton, why don't you just kind of introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do.
1: Sure thing, Parker. So my is Clayton Willis. I work for Farm Credit of Florida right now. I'm a business development officer and also a senior marketing coordinator. So I have two jobs and, and we can go into that in a little bit, but I grew up in Groveland, Florida, you know, with an ag background. Both of my parents were in FFA in high school and my dad managed a ranch for a little while while I was young, so I always grew up around agriculture and living in Groveland. It's a small farming town. Uh, FFA is very big there, so naturally, I was involved with it and growing up through high school, I, I was served as the uh, state president after high school, where I spent a year traveling around Florida and learning more about Florida agriculture and advocating for the 17,000, at the time, FFA members. I know they're way over that now. That was in 2012, 2013, I served in that role. And then after that role, I went to uh, University of Florida and majored in agricultural communications and education, and I minored in communication and leadership development. So I, after Florida, I, I uh, interned with Farm Credit in Lakeland for a year between um, my junior and senior year of college, and then I transferred up here to the Gainesville branch, and I've been working here ever since. And they hired me as soon as I graduated. I started out doing mainly marketing tasks and you know attending events, working the booth for Farm Credit. But after a little while of learning more about loan products and about agriculture in general, they uh, promoted me to be a business development officer, so now I handle all of our equipment financing in North Florida. So that's basically a rundown of where I came from and what I'm doing now.
0: All right, thank you. So, you know you kind of touched on it, how your parents were involved in FFA, and you've been around agriculture since you were little. Um, do you have any, can you tell some of like your earliest memories you have of being involved in agriculture or um, just some of your favorite memories that you have maybe pre-FFA? Yeah, sure thing. So when I was, I think probably must have been
1: four or five years old, my favorite thing to do with my dad was to just kind of ride around the ranch with him that he worked at. It was in Seminole County. and check on the cows with him and help him build fence and, I, and he had a uh, a, a tractor and I, and I loved riding on the tractor and was obsessed with that with a kid as a kid so i always remember that and i remember having to help him dig a pond one day and that was like you took me to disney world was watching him work on a front end loader digging a pond for the cows to drink water out of so that that was awesome and then I, and after that it's just always having you know cows at the house and whenever you had a new baby calf born it's always an exciting time and when I got a little older but wasn't an FFA yet I started showing you know steers and and pigs through 4-H and I think I showed my first steer when I was 10 years old and of course the thing drug me all around the arena but taught me really how to to toughen up and and I showed him even though he was kind of crazy you know sold him got my money and and then I uh I I kinda got started in in ag that way, just, you know, showing steers every year and selling them at the fair was a good way to save my college and they bought, you know, having cows bought me a truck and all kinds of stuff, so it was a great start for me in ag.
0: So, um, you know, we just talked about how you're pre-FFA, so you you went to Gray Middle and who was there when you went there? Was it still Mr. Ferguson?
1: Mr. Ferguson. So I had, I think, about five middle school act teachers over the course oh, of three wow. years. Yeah, so when I first got there, it was Miss Revels for a year. And she was a former state FFA officer, so she did a great job. And then we had Miss Sarton for a little while. And then right after I left was when they um, had Mr. Ferguson there.
0: All right, okay. So, you know, you joined FFA. Your sister was in FFA before you. So, was it kind of just something you've always wanted to do it's like when you got to middle school you knew that's what you wanted to do
1: yeah you know watching my sister do it and she served as a state FFA officer so when I was a freshman in high school is when she served as an FFA officer so it was pretty you know neat to watch her you know go out and have all kinds of cool experiences and get to do a lot of cool things and you know like meet the governor and spend time with the commissioner of agriculture and you know, go to Washington, D.C. with FFA for Washington Leadership Conference. I do a lot of cool stuff for the organization. So it naturally made me want to, to do it. And, and I wasn't, I was involved in FFA and I did contests and things, but I didn't get, you know, really involved until I got to high school and until I got to about my sophomore year. That's when I decided that I wanted to run for state office. I wanted to do a lot of contests, and I kind of broke out of my shell a little bit and by going to different um, leadership conferences and stuff and that's what really helped me you know be able to, to talk to people because that's all i do all day now is, is talk to people you know basically about farm credit and about agriculture and i definitely would not be able to do this job if it wasn't for ffa because when i was about 15 years old i didn't want to talk to anybody
0: um so you kind of talked about how you didn't really do a lot of like conferences or contests in middle school but do you remember like your first con- or contest you ever did?
1: Yeah, I think it was, if I remember correctly, it was Forestry it was, the, was the first contest I ever did. And an uh, opening and closing ceremonies was right around the, the same time as that. So I did OCC my first year, which I think they call it something else now. And uh, Forestry was I think the two contests I did when I was a sixth grader.
0: And then you continued to show through FFA when you're still in middle school as well. Right. Yeah. Middle school.
1: I think I did like my heifer through FFA and my steer through 4H and then when I got to high school I switched and did them, did them both
0: through FFA. All right. So now that we talked about middle school, let's get more like mainly into the high school. So you went to South Lake and your advisors you had you had Mr. Odom, Miss Eck, and Miss Holton, correct?
1: Oh, Alright, okay. I had him when I was a freshman, and then I had Mr. Odo and Ms. Eck for the other uh, two years, and then the last year I had Ms. Eck and Ms. Holt.
0: Alright, okay. Um, so, when you, you know, there's a lot of people that talk about this kind of gap that's in between middle school and high school FFA. So I was just curious, was there kind of that gap for you? Between like the transition from high school to middle school, where you know you have a lot of these kids that were big in middle school, but they're not really big in high school. So, did you like know a lot of people that that happened to? Did you witness that? Like, were you kind of affected kind of by the change that from you know middle school to the high school level?
1: Yeah, I think it's a, it happens a lot in middle school. It's- kind of like a popularity contest thing, and everybody wants to be an officer just because it proves you're the most popular and stuff like that, and then I guess when people kind of get to high school, they get to ninth grade or whatever, there's a lot, you know, more stuff to do, so they kind of branch out and get involved with, with other stuff and kind of fade out on FSA, I definitely had the opposite effect, you know, I didn't, I was an officer in middle school, but I wasn't ever like president or vice president or anything like that, and, so when I got, got to high school, that's when I got a little
0: more serious about it. Right. And then you said previously how sophomore year you really decided that you wanted to do more and you wanted to run for state office. So when you made that decision, what caused you to make that decision? Was it just a conference or was it just, you know, seeing someone speak at convention? What, what made you kind of just turn from doing it casually to you want to do this and you want to do like the best of your ability? yeah i
1: think it was so watching my sister service a state officer was really what convinced me to do it and she was 2009 to 2010 so that was my sophomore year that she served so just kind of going around and seeing her and all the ffa events and seeing you know kind of the the backside of it and having state officers come stay at my house and grow with us and and, you know, getting to go to, like, you know, some behind-the-scenes stuff that state officers get to do, you know, like a Christmas party for them and stuff, kind of really showed me that that's what I wanted to do. And I got the chance to introduce Brittany, who's my sister on stage for her hiring address. So that was awesome. That was very cool. I got to go on stage and a lot of people, you know, recognized me after that. So I kind of got got some popularity just kind of from her, you know, being Britney's little brother. So then once I met, I met a lot of the people that were, you know, around my age. And, you know, at, at the time, I, I decided I wanted to run for state office. I wanted to do what she did and have that experience.
0: Well, that's awesome. Um so you know you kind of talked about how you got you started to get more involved and you started to do more contests and more conferences could you tell us a couple of your favorite contests and conferences that you did when you're in high school yeah so i think at at the beginning i
1: really enjoyed me judging um, when i had mr odom as an ag teacher because he was he was really really good at uh, coaching me judging and it was one of his favorite contests We we always did really good at meat judging, and we practiced a lot. And I think naturally, just growing up with a, you know more of a cattle background and, and always having show steers, that it was kind of a natural transition for me to really enjoy meat judging and livestock judging. Um, so that, those were really my two favorites. And then I also really enjoyed um, ad communications contests, which kind of led me to pick my major in college and i also enjoyed the ag sales contest and the food science contest because they also kind of tied into what i wanted to do and my senior year we actually won first place in state in food science so that that was also like one of my favorites because we won
0: well that's cool so um can you remember like your first conference like as a high schooler like one of your first big conferences that you went to and like what's something that you remember about it well I uh, went to I think it was
1: gosh they probably call this something different now but it was FLA and FOA -hmm. which is at the leadership training center Um, I went to both of those conferences in between my, my uh, freshman and sophomore years, and I really met a lot of people there. And I met people there that I ended up, you know, going to college with, and, and I'm still friends with today. And that was in 2009, 2010 that I went to that. So that's certainly a memorable one because it was the first time I'd ever gone to, you know, a pure FFA leadership conference where you're away, you know, for two. You, you stay overnight for three days and you're with the same group of you know 120 kids for three days you get to meet everybody and you form really close relationships with people and I think like I said I I met some really good friends there that I still keep in touch with and and see today and that was ten years ago Mm
0: mm-hmm so we're let's kind of talk about now you're further into your high school career and it's your senior year and you know you want to run for state office you know this is what you want to do what were some of the stepping stones or what were some of the things that you kind of did to prepare yourself and um make sure that you can you could achieve that goal right well i think the
1: the first thing you have to do is you know go be out and, and know a lot of people around you know at the end of the day it is an election and people do vote for you So that was kind of the first thing I started working on, you know, with the guidance of my sister, my parents, my ag teachers, you know, just making sure that I was going to as many contests as possible, going to as many, you know, leadership trainings and different conferences as I could just to get to meet, you know, as as many people as I could throughout the state. And I also started, you know, working hard on my SAE project and practicing for the different components of state officer screening. I started that my junior year and my mom used to tell me all the time, it's all about who wants it more. So that was kind of my motivation and she helped me so much. She, you know, helped me with my, all my testing and things. And she made flashcards and would ask me questions from the state officer exam, you know, every night for 20 or 30 minutes for a year before I went to screening. So, and it worked out because I screened, top two and, and eventually won the election for presidency so going to a lot of things and, and meeting a lot of people definitely was the, f- the first uh, stepping stone I also served as a district officer my senior year uh, for district 5 so that was a good you know stepping stone election because the people who vote for you for district president is half the people in your area that would have voted for me if I was running for
0: area you know state officer so that was a good place to start too mm-hmm and you you know you talked about previously your sae and a big part of that was showing cows but wasn't another part of your sae um wildlife is it management or a resource or yeah
1: wildlife management i think i don't know what they call it now but um yeah i built um, some duck boxes and put around the pond and i uh, planted food plots for the deer and also you know took some you know mineral blocks and put out for the animals that were at my house and we also had uh, 350 acres leased right down the road from my house and part of our lease agreement was to you know manage wildlife and do some you know planning and fence building and you know hanging feeders and you know controlling the feral hog population that kind of stuff out there so that was another part of my SAE project as well as the cattle then I also did ag mechanics as one because naturally when you're working with equipment and working with you know a
0: large piece of property there's a lot of you know fixing things that goes on so I did ag mechanics as part of one too. All right um, so now you've you screened through you've won the election and now you're, you're the state president. What was You know, you get your name heard, and they play the Chicago Bulls theme song. Um, What was one of the first things you thought of when you heard your name, that you were the state president? Oh, wow, man. Yeah, that was just a a crazy rush
1: of emotions. and I I think the first thing I thought was I did it. You know, I I said what I was going to do. I wanted to become a state officer, and, and I did it. And I very much had that feeling, too, after screening because I know that you know, screening through for president, you're either gonna serve as president or secretary. So at at that point in time, kind of all the nerves went away and I knew that I had my spot secured, but just hearing my name called last, you know, for president was just an unreal feeling to to know that, you know, wow,
0: all these delegates thought that I had what it takes to to lead this organization was kind of an overwhelming thought. And I think that's the first thing I thought of was like I did it, you know. Mm-hmm. So throughout your year of service, you know, you go to different schools and you talk to different people and you talk to different students. Um, can you, What was probably your favorite part of your year of service? Was it those workshops? Was it the hosting, um, the conferences? I think my favorite part was just to meet other kids
1: that were that I saw a lot of myself in when I was their age and kind of telling them that hey FFA is for you too Mm -hmm.
2: because there was a lot of times
1: that you know there was just kids that were just you know a little on the outside you know not wanting to jump you know head first into FFA they did other sports they did other clubs they did a lot of other stuff, and and they were just, you know, kind of on the edge. They liked FFA, and I really liked meeting people like that to kind of show them, hey, you can take a leadership role in this organization, too. You know, it's it's not just for the kids that do every contest and, um, you know, that that are just, you know, crazy about FFA. There's obviously a place for those people, too, but I think my favorite part was meeting the kids that, you know, liked FFA, but, but thought in their mind, oh, I'll never be able to do that because I don't go to every single contest and I don't go to all these leadership events. You know, I like finding those kind of kids that i related to, that I saw some of myself in, and getting to build relationships with them and encourage them to run for leadership positions. So that was really my favorite part was just traveling around and, and meeting people because I met so many awesome people that year. Just from going to different chapters and, and going to different conferences and stuff, that I built relationships with, that I'm still very good friends with today.
0: So, do you have like a favorite memory or like funny story that you had from uh, a chapter visit? Oh man, I have a, a ton of them. Uh, how long's this podcast?
1: <laughs> a couple hours worth. But uh, man, it was just—I've I've had a lot of. Funny stories. I think the first one that comes to mind was I went to Orlando Colonial High School for a chapter visit, which was my mom's high school, so it was pretty cool to go back to where she went to school, and she served as a head officer for that chapter, but it's in downtown Orlando, so uh, if you've ever been to downtown Orlando, you know it's not the quite safest place anymore, and while I was there during the chapter visit, the school got put on lockdown, and a uh, SWAT team came to the school because they had, somebody robbed the convenience store in front of the high school and jumped over the fence and was on the school grounds with a gun, so we had to hide in the, um, it wasn't funny at the time, but now it's kind of comical looking back at it, we had to hide in the book storage closet while the SWAT team went Mm -hmm. room to room checking for
0: rain. Wow, huh. Crazy. Um, so, you know, did you go to National Convention, like, before you were state officer? Yeah, I went,
1: um, see, I went my sophomore, my junior, and my senior years before I was a state officer. My senior year I served as a, um, I was, gonna, I was gonna say I served as a delegate, but now I'm thinking back, I did that the year after I was a state officer. But yeah, I went all three years um, before I served as a state officer while I was in high school to National Convention.
0: So, what would you say, was it any different, or how was it different from, like, just a student perspective to a state officer co- perspective when you're at National Convention?
1: Well, I think from, when I served as a state officer, it was a little different for me because I went to chapter presidents, I mean, a uh, state leadership summit, I'm getting all my conferences confused <laughs> here, but it was like the, uh, the the state president's conference where yeah. each president and secretary from every state goes to D.C. and that's where you decide on the delegate issues mm-hmm. and stuff like that and you run for committee chairs and I was elected to serve as the committee chair there and so I served as the delegate committee chair for a committee on expanding a contest for you know for tractor driving because you know we do it in Florida but it wasn't in all 50 states So I I spent a lot of my time at National Convention, my state officer year working as the delegate chair for that. And I got to go on stage and make the the committee report and everything, so that that was pretty neat. It took a lot of my time, but as a state officer, man, you're there for, you know, the convention's only three days long for the regular students, but you're there for a full, you know, six days, I think, six or seven days, you know, before, and and, and then even the day after, It was really cool for for me that year because, you know, I spent a lot of, it was in Indianapolis. spent a lot of time with a lot of um, really cool people and got to meet really cool other state officers from around the country. And that was also the year that Clay Sapp was elected to serve as national FFA president. So it was cool that, you know, we were there as state officers the year that our um, president was elected. Mm-hmm. to serve, so it was cool to be able to vote for Clay Sapp, who was, who was a, a really good friend of mine at the time, so mm-hmm. that, that was definitely neat, but it was also fun to go with the chapter because you're you're there with other kids, and you know, we always road tripped it, so we got to see a lot of sights along the way, so that was neat too.
0: That's cool, and um, so you kind of talked about National Convention, and we've talked about your year of service, so now... Let's say it's post-state convention, or actually, what's state convention like from a state officer's perspective? Because, you know, you'll ask them and say, it's crazy, you you know, it's just wild. So what's your perspective of, like, what it's like to be a state officer during state convention? It's like every emotion you've ever felt rolled
1: into one. It's happy, sad, excited, uh, pumped up, exhausting. every emotion you can think rolled up into one week. Stressful, you know, it's very nerve-wracking. I know it was for me because, you know, they, when you're prepping for a convention, they give you a binder, like, five inches thick mm-hmm. of the script. And as the president, I had to memorize, you know, eight like 80% of that book. Yeah. It felt like, you know, it, it felt like everything in there was highlighted for me because, you know, hosting... Two sessions and all kinds of crazy stuff it, it was just a lot of different things to, that i had to have completely memorized because i was delivering it not from behind the podium usually somewhere standing on the stage
2: mm-hmm.
1: so it was just an insane amount of memorization leading up to it for the first two months did a lot of planning a lot of small details and the staff does a great job planning the convention so they take you know a lot of the heavy lifting off of us But we got to put in a lot of input about, you know, what we wanted the mega party to be like, what we wanted the intro songs to be, what we wanted, um, you know, the different, the ways that we announced winners was was all completely up to us. And even the the theme of the entire convention was up to us. So ahead of time, it's a lot of planning, a lot of memorizing, you know, we have to write our retiring address, which is like another thing that you have to memorize on top of that Mm -hmm. script book. And it's also super emotional because you're talking about stuff that, you know, you probably wouldn't ever talk about to somebody just in person and now you're about to get up on stage in front of 5,000 people and mm-hmm. and talk about it. So it's kind of, you know, it's emotional for that too. So it's just a lot of memorizing and planning going up. And then when you get there, it's like you're a celebrity for a week. You know, it's, it's a lot of practicing. You run through every session the first couple days, you know, Monday and Tuesday. If you're an ffa member you kind of hear us practicing in the session room while other stuff's going on so we'll have run through that tuesday night opening session three or four times before we get up there and actually do it for real so you know the first couple days you know sunday and monday is, is that and helping out with the contest and then tuesday night it's showtime and, and you're on the stage with the bright lights and then it just kind of all you, know, you get up there and it just flows it comes out know what you're saying everything kind of runs smoothly and even if it doesn't you know most of the time the people in the audience have no idea when Mm -hmm. you're up there you're the only ones that knows that know if um something's going wrong so and then every time you can't walk down the hallway and stay off without getting mobbed with with (laughs) people trying to you know talk to you and see you and and it's like man i'm just a regular guy yeah people treating me like this but it's pretty cool and and you gotta soak it up while you're there because that's the only time in your life you'll ever be like that (laughs) unless you go off and become an
2: actual celebrity Mm -hmm. and then at the end of it it's like it's over you know you're relieved you're tired you can't talk you lost your
1: voice and you you already gave your office to somebody else and then it's on to the next stage of your life and, and you can't ever go back it it's kind of a surreal moment there at the end, too, when it's all said and done. Like, wow, that was the fastest year in my life.
0: Mm-hmm. So you kind of talked about how you kind of had that surreal moment where you realize it's over. So what was it like, you know, after the Blue Jacket? Like, how was that? What was that transition like post FFA to kind of just being a normal college student?
1: It's hard at first. You go from the, the biggest fish in a small fishbowl to being just a small fish in a big pond when you get to college. But it, it was, you know, it was kind of easier for me um, because a lot of the people that I had met through FFA, you know, they didn't run for state and they were, a year younger than me. So it ended up where I, I moved to Gainesville with a lot of people that I had met through FFA. So I, when I moved to Gainesville, I automatically had you know, quite a, a good friend group up here of people that I knew. So it definitely made it easier, and I was very thankful for FFA because I wouldn't know how to do it if you just moved to college you know, somewhere way away and not known anybody because I'm a people person. I like talking mm-hmm. to people. I like being around other people, and it and definitely um, helped me when I moved to Gainesville coming from FFA. But it's also like like I said in that moment when it's over you know the first couple of months after convention you're still riding high you're still getting you know 400 likes on all, every Instagram post <laughs> you make everybody still knows who you are people say hey I know you for you know the first year or so so afterwards that you're in college then you go back to that convention of the team that you gave your jacket off to and you say wow man that was me just a year ago and they still cheer for you when you walk across the stage. People still know who you are. But after about year three, uh, nobody knows who you are anymore. So it's <laughs> kind of like it doesn't really hit you until after, like, the first year or two. But, you know, I, I, I had such a great time in college and met so many of my lifelong friends in college, too, that I wouldn't trade it for a world for the world just because of, you know, the timing of it. I did go to school a year behind because I did a year of service to FFA. But, you know, if I would have went on time, I wouldn't have, you know, met the people that I've met and created the friendships that I made while I was in college. So I I wouldn't do it any other way if I had the chance.
0: All right. So now that you're to just follow the timeline, you're at the University of Florida now. And so did you kind of know that you wanted to be an ag comm major or were you still kind of just trying to figure out what you wanted to do? Or did you go in there knowing, hey, this is what I'm into, I think AgCom is going to be the best fit for me? Right.
1: I think it was, it was pretty natural for me to gravitate towards AgCom because just after serving as a state officer, you know, the two classes you take while you're a state officer are in kind of the AgCom department. Um, so I had already taken two, two classes with AgCom. I really enjoyed it. I would learned a lot about that major. And it seems like something I wanted to do you know a bit. but I decided then that I want to do marketing for an ag company you know or sales for an ag company those were the two things I wanted to do and so with ag communications I could do either you know I kicked around the idea of doing food and resource economics but at the end of the day I just kind of gravitated, gravitated more towards some um, ag communications
0: alright so in the program what What was your favorite course that you took at the University of Florida? Hmm. Now that's a tough one. I took a lot of
1: really good classes that I really enjoyed. I really liked, um, like we took a class about journalism and, you know, AP style writing, which I know most people like cringe when they think about taking a writing (laughs) class. But I I really enjoy writing, um, you know, press releases, stuff like that. I do that a lot at my job now and feature stories. And I've always always liked writing, so I really enjoyed that class. And uh, I really enjoy a class I took called Ag Issues, where just um, each class you learn about a different issue facing Florida agriculture and kind of how the University of Florida, you know, industry groups, how everybody feels about one issue. And even a lot of the times there's multiple sides within the Florida Ag community, like,
0: People are divided, so it was really neat class to learn about that. So I really enjoyed that class. And to go beyond like just the course load, you're also in the Alpha Gamma Rho fraternity while you're at UF. Um, so you know a lot of people when they look at fraternities, they think of them just as social gatherings for people to have parties. Um, but what's something that you could take away from your experience of having you know that brotherhood and being in the fraternity that you can like apply to your everyday life or apply to your job you're in or any job that you interview for?
1: Right. So, you know, Off Camera is a a social professional fraternity, so we we did have a little bit of both. We did have some parties, but we also had a lot of professional development things, and it was a great, you know, opportunity for me to meet other you know, guys that are looking to be in the agricultural industry and connect me with, you know, almost 100 years of other brothers of AGR that are currently in the industry. So it's just really the networking that you get from being a brother of AGR is just incredible. And, you know, Sigma my is the same way, uh, which is the sister sorority. It's, it's just a great um, segue after FFA and, Classes in high school, or if you're going to major in agriculture at UF, or you know anything else, if, if you want to work in the ag industry, it's it's definitely something I would recommend as being a brother of H. R because you know they I, there's not a whole lot of people that I work with that weren't in HR. Mm-hmm. Just a, a, in a, across that's across the industry, and there's a lot of HGRs that work at Farm Credit, so it can really get you a foot in the door. You know, almost anywhere in the Florida Ag industry there's a brother of AGR working at, you know, that group, you know, Farm Bureau, Farm Credit, FFBA, you know, Florida Cattlemen, you know, every industry group you can think of in the state, there's really a, a brother of AGR somehow connected to them and a lot of the people that you meet across the state that are in the industry and production are also brothers of AGR, so it's a great network to rely on when you come out of college and you're looking for a job.
0: So you talked about earlier how your junior and senior year you interned with farm credit. So how, how did that come about? How did your internship come with farm like how did that come about with farm credit?
1: So he emailed out um, an internship listing. You know, it was a little behind everybody else. I had, you know, just planned on working all summer at the VEF teaching unit where I worked, you know, during the, the fall semester, and I was just going to do that. And the opportunity came up to go work for Farm Credit there in Lakeland, And you know, from Groveland. It's about 45-minute drive, so I could live at home and do it. So I applied for that job, and and they offered it to me. So I did that for you know four months over the summer and got to work with some really great people there and kind of fell in love with Farm Credit. It's just a place to work and, you know, as a company, it's got a great, you know, mission. We're, you know, an organization of farmers that lend money to farmers, and our board of directors is made up of farmers. So everything we do is you know, centered around the Florida farmer, and it's not your typical bank. And I just fell in love with that. And so when I moved back to college for my senior year, you know, I got to talk it to the CEO of Farm Credit of Florida, which is the local Farm Credit Association in North and South Florida. And he offered me a position to go be the intern in Watchwood for a little while, and it was supposed to just be you know just a couple more months of. And intern up there and that kind of turned into being a part-time employee working as much as I wanted to and then the day I graduated from college I went full-time with Farm Credit as a as a marketing staff member and then from there kind of my career with Farm Credit really took off and has opened a lot more doors for me and when I first started I never in my mind had it had an inkling to you know, do actual loans or, or anything besides marketing, but it, once I got in the door and, and saw, you know, different facets of the company, it made me really want to branch out and do some more true lending instead of just marketing work.
0: So now, um, what, what, what's your like official ti- a title now? Yeah, so now
1: I am a, I'm, I have three titles. I'm a Farm Credit Express Relationship Manager, A business development officer and a senior marketing coordinator so I know that's a mouthful but I usually just kind of go by business development officer because it kind of enrolls everything
0: together so with that role what kind of what's like your day-to-day like
1: yeah so it's it's, um, mainly spent on the phone talking with different equipment dealers throughout you know Florida that are you know, sending us loans. You know, people buy equipment directly at the dealership now. So I'm in charge of the program that they go to the dealership and, and purchase the tractor there without having to actually come to our bank to do the paperwork. So a lot of my day is spent either in person at the dealerships or on the phone with different sales reps. But also you know, with my marketing job, I'm also working with our sales team and doing different things with them, as far as like, you know, getting them whatever marketing materials they need. Um, If they want to sponsor events, I'm in charge of all the kind of corporate sponsorships that we do for, you know, community events and different things like that. And so I do a lot of that. And I also do, you know, trade shows and events. So there's a lot of local trade shows where we'll have a farm credit booth at and I'll work the booths and talk to people about farm credit. And I also do a lot of, you know, public relations things where our right, press releases, I handle a lot of what gets posted on our website. I do a little bit with our Facebook page, but mainly the other person that works with me in the marketing department handles that. And I also do, you know, kind of speaking engagements, whenever we sponsor something and there's a opportunity for us to get up and talk a little bit about farm credit. Um, I'm doing a little more and more of that nowadays too. So a lot of different things.
0: <laughs> um alright so to kinda we'll kinda wrap it up with something I wanna try is I kinda just wanna do some like rapid fire questions they're gonna be they can range from anything so just kinda be on your heels um so right. one of the ones are that I was thinking earlier what is your go to pub sub and what do you put on it mm,
1: think, you know when the turkey one's on sale five ninety-nine turkey I, I get that uh Tomatoes, oil and vinegar, mayo, uh, cheese, pickles, and olives. But sometimes I, uh, I do the unhealthy choice of eat chicken tender <laughs> um, uh,
0: Do you believe that egg education should be taught in elementary schools?
1: I do. I think it's um, imperative that we start at an early age teaching kids. You know, what I was taught, and most likely what you were taught, most of your listeners were taught, that food doesn't come from Publix, it comes from a farm. And that the, you know, people that are producing it are working very hard to do that. So I I think that education is critical at an early age.
0: Do you think Georgia or Florida is going to win this year in the biggest cocktail party?
1: Florida's going to lose that, but that's going to be their only game they
0: lose. All right, and then this is going to be the last one. If you could give one piece of advice to someone who is, you know, unsure about um, joining FFA or, you know, pursuing a degree in agriculture, what is one thing that you would tell them? Well, I think that the, um, the one thing I'd tell them for
1: sure is that you won't regret it you'll make some lifelong friends in FFA. You'll learn a lot of great employability skills. And then if, you, and if you're thinking about a career in agriculture, you know, it's, it's an amazing industry to work in because the, the people in this industry are second to none. They all carry their hardworking farm family values with them to work every day. And that's something that you don't get in a construction industry or, you know, even, you know, another financial institution, you know, when, when you're at farm credit, you walk in the door with the same values as if we worked on an actual farm, and I think that's something that you just don't find everywhere, so I highly encourage working in the ag industry.
0: All right, Clayton, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Yeah, no problem, buddy. Had a great time. All right, thank you. And guys, don't forget to um, always fertilize your mind, grow your understanding, and feed the world knowledge. I'll see you guys next time.